0: Welcome to another exciting edition of The Thought Police. Here we are, uh, still in lockdown. Looks like we're going to be here for a while. Uh, Matt Kelly is in his country retreat. I'm still busy at the cold face of journalism, such as it is. Matt, a very good uh, (laughs) afternoon to you. Hello,
1: mate. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, well, I'm all right. You know, um, with every passing day, um, you sort of get more used to it. But I find now that my reactions are changing slightly because... I had a bit of a sort of, I had a couple of sort of down moments at the weekend, which I haven't had before. Um,
1: Are you still right? Just so I'm clear, are you still at home and the kids are still in? Yes. Away in the countryside? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you haven't seen your kids for weeks then? So I haven't seen them for uh, nearly
0: four weeks. I mean, I've seen them on on the screen and I've seen them on my phone and my computer and I've talked to them a lot. But but my oldest son, um, the 15-year-old, just said on Sunday, it sucks that you're not here.
1: Yeah. And that just kind of got to me. Well, because... mate, I had a very similar experience to that once. I used to work in Argentina a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it meant doing, like, two or three weeks away at a time. Mm. And I remember coming back once, and my eldest, who would have been about 11 at the time, I yeah. turned around in the car, and he was crying, because uh, I'd just told him that I, was, I had to go back right. two days later. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, we think that kids... Uh, you know they're oblivious to us yes. but my, they really do miss that stability mm. when we're not there they do and i and
0: that's what, what what got to me because you know i'm i'm fine basically i'm a big boy i can look after myself you know i can find enough bottles of wine to drink myself into oblivion if i need to you know <laughs> um but i suddenly thought god poor you know poor oliver because um yeah. You know, it's it was Easter Sunday, and you know normally it's a big thing for us. We'd we'd, we'd get a roast lamb, and we'd sit around, and you know have a, have a fun afternoon. And the weather yeah. was so nice, we would have probably barbecued, you know, a butterflied lamb or something like that. You know, yeah. and I just suddenly, I just suddenly thought, what the hell are we doing now? You know, but yeah. but then you know reality sets back in, and you see what's going on at the moment, and you think, well, I'm going to have to keep doing what I'm doing. But I tell you what, amazed me on Friday. Was that um uh, so many people were out and about, right? And in London itself, the actual traffic in the morning, as I drive in every day, was very light. And I thought to myself, if all these people are essential workers, why are they not working on a bank holiday? You know. Yeah. And yeah. so there's a very weird sort of thing going on. And yes. and as and as, as and I went to uh, Borough Market uh, uh, on the Saturday as I normally do. It's very quiet first thing in the morning. Um, and it's got very good distancing rules, you know, one person in a shop at a time and all that. And I I went into one store, and the guy said, you wouldn't have believed it if you'd been here yesterday. And I know the guy quite well. He said, you know, there was really a lot of people here, and none of them were in any way adhering to the rules. They were all pressing up against each other. They were queuing right behind each other. They were walking into stores and, you know, in mass numbers. You know, it's just bizarre.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I get it. I get why people are frustrated. I get why people want to go out especially in that weather, for Christ's sake, you know, it's like, it's a a couple of weeks, it's a few weeks, you know, and if the numbers that were out uh, in the last few uh, days or so Mm. are are right about actually the true number of people who have died, then people have just got to buckle down and and work their way through it. And I, I... I'm so glad, having said all of that, I am so glad that I'm not in London because I can't actually think of anywhere worse to be than yes. in, in the middle of London for something like this right now.
0: No, I think you're absolutely right. And as you've said before, you know, you didn't have much outdoor space there and at least you've now got that, which is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm very happy for, for my kids down where they are in Sussex because they've got yeah. a big garden, they can walk the dog, you know, they can't go to the beach anymore because that's apparently off limits, it's too far away. Yeah. Um but um, you know, I think you know. If it wasn't for that, if I wasn't happy that they were happy, do you know what I mean? I would that that yeah. would that would really bother me. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I was quite staggered in a way this morning that the the news was all about care homes because I'm thinking, well, how come nobody thought about care homes before? Because care homes clearly are full of people who are vulnerable.
1: Yeah, and it's I think it's you know again it's it's these sort of fringes of society that you know day to day we don't have to think about, but these people are getting hit and affected more more than anybody else. And they've all got families. You know, yeah. they've all got families. There are a lot of people affected by this. And I do wonder whether ultimately this will come back and haunt uh, Boris Johnson's government because yeah. it exposes really the deficiencies, I, I think, not just during this crisis, but the way we do sort of sweep old people out of, out of the way. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. But but the care crisis has been coming for a long time because I, yeah. I've been talking about it quite a lot even before this happened because the way that people have their houses taken off them in order to pay uh, £2,000 yeah. a week to a multimillionaire who's inevitably living abroad, basically, uh, to me, yeah. is, is, a, is a sick way to run anything. You know I think um, I, th- I think you know but, but you know as much as I'm not in favor of, of, of huge government organizations running everything there has to be a better way, and there has to be a way of people somehow putting more money to, to one side to pay for their own care because I find it quite objectionable um, that what's been going on lately that these multimillionaires have been demanding free stuff from the government on the grounds that they can make a massive profit uh, on the, on the, on their own customers you know they want free PPE Well, why don't they pay for it?
1: Yeah well I mean it's 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 got echoes of the banking crisis yeah. has not it but across many different sectors you know yeah. where been, people have been taking the piss for a long time and been happy uh, getting big big profits and yeah. keeping shareholders very happy with big dividends mm. and now when the 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 flaw in the business model is revealed they they've got no solution to it we have to step in and and, and bail them out you know yeah. and there's something fundamentally not right and I do agree with you that there should be a compulsory uh, kitty, you yeah. know, for unexpected... It's like that old Donald Rumsfeld thing, isn't it? You know, there are known... Yes, there are un- the known unknowns. And, and, and unknowns. And we... This is we are deep into unknown unknown territory now yes you know but to be meditate. fair i mean
0: I, I don't agree with you about um, how the government will be will be kind of looked upon because i think that i mean every single country in the world was taken by surprise every single country in the world um reacted differently um and most countries up until about mid february thought that it wasn't going to be a big deal
1: yeah you know well i think i think i i think it'll be um I mean, Boris, obviously Boris Johnson's now become some sort of, you know, national hero yeah. for having had this personal trauma. And, you know, I'm not being flippant about that. It's uh, You know, I spoke to, uh, via text, I spoke to his sister, Rachel, oh, yeah. who, you know, sounded very, very concerned. and yeah. was very grateful for, you know, what a uh, sincere message I'd sent yeah. to him, which was, you know, I hope your brother pulls through this. Yes. And, and, you know, I'm delighted that he has pulled through it. Um, so... In terms of his position, I think he will be looked at as, as being having been a good leader during this. But yeah. there was a couple of weeks where I think when people do the post-mortem on all of this, and I don't mean that in an mm. awkward way, but when people look back and they analyse our reaction, then there were two weeks where we really could have said, look, we can see this coming down the road from right. Italy. We can see what's going to yeah. happen. Now is the time for lockdown. But I think for Boris Johnson's uh, government, the situation wasn't so acute here yeah. that people would have automatically bought into it. You right. know, which is you do need to bring people with you. Yes, I think so. so. I
0: and I s yeah. and I did say at the time that that by the time they did lock down the pubs, I remember because it was a s it was a Friday and I'd been in the last pub that I'd been in on the Tuesday. Um, because we were, funny enough, filming Plank of the... or well, we were due to film Plank of the Week, but it was when yeah. the, U- the News UK building was starting to shut down and, and they didn't have the studios available. So the guys that had come in to do it were told, I'm sorry, we can't do it. So they'd gone for a drink, and I went for a drink, and we were in this pub across the street with hardly anybody in it. And I had a conversation with the bar, uh, the girl behind the bar, who said that she was a drama student, but the drama school had shut down, and she hoped that this place would stay open. And by the next day, I was already thinking, I don't think I'm going to go back to the pub. I really don't. Yeah. And so by the yeah. time they announced that they were shutting everything, I was ready, you know? Yeah. And I think if yeah. they tried to do it, say, a month earlier,
1: people would have gone, what yeah. are you doing? You know, yeah. what do you mean that we right. can't go out, you know? No, you're right, you're right. And 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 I've got a situation that uh, echoes that because we left London. I mean, as listeners will know, we are absolutely very lucky to have this this other place in uh, Norfolk where I work, uh, in you know, and I come every week for the middle of the week. So I don't. It's not like a holiday home. It's a home I use to work. But I said to my wife, I said, look, you know, this is it, the lockdown is definitely going to come. um If if it comes and we're still in London, we can't then just decide to swan off to the countryside. Although I have to say there are plenty of people who have done that. Yeah and are getting a lot of stick and Mm. in fact you see villages around here where there are signs of saying second homers please please um really uh, don't come you know
0: wow well i couldn't believe it when i saw the stats from i think it was either friday or saturday that the police in devon had stopped something like 50 people towing caravans and turned them around i mean what are these
1: people thinking I mean, they're not. Uh, well, do you know what? They're just stupid. They're not thinking. I mean, there is. Unfortunately, you do plank of the week, where you have like the the elite of the plank. Yes. You know the S the SAS of plank. <laughs> but we must but get beneath- you on that,
0: by the way. Now that we're doing it on the phone, we can we can put you on put you on I'd as a guest. To,
1: I'd to. But I'd love to. Yeah, well, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> but but beneath that, there is a, a sort of groundswell of a thickness out there at large in society, and it's at moments like this mm. when they make themselves felt. Yes, unfortunately.
0: well, I have to say, um, you know, the number of cyclists that I now see out on a weekend, the number of joggers has it, it has increased exponentially. Um, yeah. and it seems to be busier when the weather's nicer. Now, we, that tells me that these people don't have to do that every single day, but they obviously yeah. look out the window and go, Oh, it's a nice day, I'll go for a jog. Well, I just, just don't. Think people-
1: People don't think it applies to them, do yeah. they? They sort of think, well, generally I agree with that, but you know, what harm can it be to yeah. go for a ten k run round town? Yeah, well, and this you,
0: is why I say to people, you know, who complain about say the beaches being closed, right? Um, yeah. Because it's like, well, what harm can you be, be doing if you're walking on the on the beach on your own with a dog? Well, that's not how it works. If you say the beaches are open, everyone will be on the beach. Of course, yeah. Of course. Cool. So, I mean, but interestingly, talking about the way that everybody reacted to it, BuzzFeed did a, an interesting piece at the weekend where they had a guy with two timelines of what happened here and what happened in Germany, basically running side by side. And actually, the, the, the lockdown effects and the, and, the, and, the pre, and the measures that were taken are not that different in timing. You know, I think right. the reason Germany has got a much better result in terms of its... Um, Um, death rate is because they did this kind of tracing and they did this testing and they tried and they tried really hard to find people who might have been affected and i think somehow that was a better way to do it but you know if you'd asked me that question six weeks ago i don't know what's the better way to go and and boris and and his his, uh, band can only really go with what they're being advised to do really
1: and also i suppose you could say you know without wanting to be too much going into the rounds of cliché and stereotypes, but the Germans handled it in a very German yes. way, and we handled it in a very British way.
0: Yes, you know, and I mean, I spoke it's... to a mutual friend of ours, Roger Isto, um, the other day, yeah. who's down in Portugal. He's got a place down there, and he and his wife decided to go to Portugal rather than stay here, because they live just outside of London, which is quite busy, and they're both, you know, of an age where they certainly wouldn't want to get it. Uh, and he said yeah. in Portugal, because it used to be run by a military hunter not that long ago, you know, if you get told to stay indoors, you don't go out. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Same with Spain. I mean, I saw somebody sent me a uh, um a video of, of what, from one of the I think one of the Balearic Islands, and it was just like a tourist spot and there was literally nobody on the street, you know? And yeah. he panned it all around and he said, and he's an English guy that lives there, this is what a lockdown looks like. And that doesn't yeah. it does not look like that here.
1: Well I I mean I think when we reflect back we haven't really had a lockdown have no. we because there's been, you know there's been nothing really apart from these odd spot fines that, and the idiots with their caravans Yeah. You know, basically people have been left to their own devices and that that is to our great credit I think that mm. we don't need a gun against our heads to to do something sensible. But unfortunately, the consequence for that is that we do have to suffer some dickheads.
0: Yeah, we do. Now, normally what we do at this point is we go, right, let's talk about something else. So let's talk about something else because, you know, we don't want to drive ourselves mad. What what have you made of the, uh, (laughs) for me, rather laughable exhibition of the Labour Party eating itself yet again, right? As if Uh, nothing important was going on in the world. Suddenly this bloody uh, report gets leaked and they're they're all at each other again.
1: It's fantastic. I mean, I've I've now taken to just to you know my my long running obsession with Owen Jones. <laughs> I've now I, I now tune in like an episode of EastEnders right. every day, you know, for about half an hour uh-huh. and read the and read the battles and the sort of, you know, how people must think and why right. Chris Williamson's an awful anti semite right. and I never, you know, said anything else and all of this and it is. It is, on one level, fantastically entertaining, but it is, I hope, the sort of final vestige of these uh, of, of the effects of Corbynism. And Keir Starmer's yeah. crowd will slowly, but quicker than slowly, I hope, put things back on a more um, uh, intelligent keel. You know, but obviously, what's been going on there is. It's kids' stuff, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's totally. absolute playground stuff. Yeah.
0: And apparently, it's all been sort of the people who actually work for the party. It's like the sort of the apparatchiks yeah. who are all fighting like rats in a sack to try and get yeah. above the next guy when actually there's nowhere to go. It's sort of, it is literally that whole, you know, two bald men fighting over a comb scenario. It,
1: well, ease off the bald men. <laughs> By the way, the way number I of
0: people can... who are telling me that you look like the guy from Homeland now um, is extraordinary. Yeah, well,
1: Ma- Yes, well, my beard. I've never grown a beard this long. Right. But I have to say, without being too vain, I think it does sort of add a certain distinguished gravitas to They're
0: Very professorial, <laughs> some would say. Yeah.
1: Yes, I know, which obviously anybody who knows me will is completely at odds with my intellect and and mentality. But <laughs> if I can pull it off, if that's well, what a beard can bring, fine. It depends on uh, what your missus
0: says to me, because I mean there are there are women I know um who either really like beards or really don't like beards.
1: Yeah. Well, Nadia, um because obviously we've been married for a long time, so yeah. there's not that actual much snogging going on. <laughs>
0: Well, 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 come on,
1: you're in a lockdown with her, for God's sake. Pull your finger out. One would would have thought, wouldn't one? But anyway, there we go. Each into their own. But um, no, she likes it to look at, I think. think, Does she? um, Yeah, she does. What she doesn't like um, is when I crop my hair down to a sort of zero, you know, so I've got this sort of Pep Guardiola. Yes. Bald bald skinhead thing and the beard. It's interesting, though. Do you
0: not find... I mean, I've never had a beard, right? I once The only time I came close to having a beard was once when I went on a... And this is now going to sound terribly middle class. Went on a sailing holiday in the Caribbean, right? On a (laughs) 60-foot yacht uh, with my then wife and five other people, including my sister. And it was brilliant. I mean, we set off from um, uh, St. Lucia and we went all the way down to, to sort of what they call the... I think it's the Windward Isles. And you go and you ended up... We went into Mustique, St. Vincent. It was fantastic. It was really beautiful. And we crewed it ourselves as well because... Was that massively expensive? um, Well, it probably was. But because there were six or seven of us, I think we all paid something like, I don't know, maybe two or three grand a person or something like that. Um, The the terrifying thing was um, the guy that gave us the boat, and it was a big boat. It was 60-footer with all sorts of cabins and things downstairs. Um, He said, the thing is, he said, um, whatever you do, don't upset the boat boys. And the boat boys were these little kids who would come out on skiffs, wherever you pulled in, and basically try and sell you crap. You know, sort of the equivalent of kids in Times Square trying to sell you crap. And he said, be nice to them, because if you try and be horrible to them, they'll come back in the night and they'll cut your ropes. And and if if that happens to you and the boat uh, hits the rocks, you're not insured. And we were like, oh, thanks for telling us. How much to replace the boat? and he was like yeah. about $160,000. Oh my <laughs> like, god.
1: Jesus that's
0: Christ. The, uh, anyway, so we bought feeling. so we bought a lot of conch shells basically. Um yeah. And yeah. uh <laughs> but we were on this boat and uh so I just you you just didn't shave, you know? Um cuz there was no point. And by the end of it, it was about I think about 7 to 10 days we were out there. Um I came back in and I had this kind of reddish beard, you know? Yeah. Which which I didn't even think I had red hair. My mother's got reddish hair.
1: Um, yeah, a lot a lot of fellas get, get discover suddenly there's a bit of ginger in the family yeah. when they get a beard. Yeah. yeah,
0: so so that's the first and only time. And the thing that I hated the most was then shaving that off because yeah. it really hurt. And I had to do Did you find it itchy to start with? I didn't I, you know, it went through that stage where you know it's a bit stubbly. Um yeah. and then it started to get soft as it got yeah. longer. Um yeah. I mean it wasn't really a full beard because it was only seven to ten days' growth, and I'm not actually on the I'm facially I'm not that hairy. Um, and uh, I had to, I had to go through about something like um, six razors, just shaving it, shaving it off, and yeah. shaving it off, and shaving it off. Yeah. It was really painful. My skin, and of course, once I shaved it off, I had a white face on, underneath.
1: <laughs> Classic so, mistake. So I looked like an idiot. <laughs> Your story is the Beach Boys. Though. What did he call them? The Boat Boys. The Boat Boys. Yeah. Boat boys. That is, 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 there's a Scouse analogy of that, which yeah. is like. And I'm sure it's true of a lot of football grounds. Is it when... looking
0: after your car stuff?
1: Yeah. So you park your car and uh, a lad runs up and says, mind your car for a pound, mister. Right. And, and the story goes that this fella parks this big new Range Rover outside Anfield right. and this kid, Scally, runs up and says, mind your car for a pound, mister. Yeah. And the fella says, points to the back of the car where there's a big Rottweiler. And the fella says, my dog looks after the car. Right. And this kid says, can your dog put out fires?
0: <laughs> that's brilliant i love that that is absolutely class, for top class i'll tell you what though the streets around anfield um i yeah. mean i don't know if, if if i mean i haven't been there for maybe two or three years now but yeah. but the streets are still the same aren't
1: they oh yeah yeah i mean tiny little um just little road road little- row, row, <laughs> row,
0: rows, rows of houses
1: my mate, uh, his granny used to live uh, there. And whenever we went to the game on a Saturday, we'd call in for a cup of tea up right. on Breck Road nearby. And, and it was, a t- you know, it was a tiny, tiny little dwelling. But mm. the com- sense of community in yeah. those streets was fantastic. Yeah, uh, And I think, I think that has gone a bit, to be honest, because there has been some money injected into the neighbourhood. I mean, these things were, were close to... I mean, slums is too much, but they were, you know, they were... Poor, poor yeah. neighbourhoods. And um, a lot of them got uh, knocked down as Anfield has expanded. Got bigger, yeah. And famously, I think, behind the main stand, there was a, a row of uh, houses, a street of houses, that Liverpool wanted to use up the space yeah. to expand the main stand. And there were two old sisters living in one house, and Liverpool had bought every other house in the street, but these sisters wouldn't move, and they were there for about eight years wow. until they died, right. and, and then they expanded the main stand, but they stuck it out, you know, every Brilliant. But it's, it yeah. is, it's
0: very much like um, the, these, the, these, the old East End streets, like parts of Bethel yeah. Green, and even actually yeah. round into Southwark, it's very similar, where our old studios were in uh, near Waterloo. There's a street yeah. there uh, called Rupal Street, um, and it looks exactly like those streets around Anfield, but the only yeah. difference is they've got sort of slightly bigger gardens in the back, but they're basically workmen's yeah. cottages that were built, I think, for people that worked on the railway. Um, yeah. But they're going for about a million and a half, two million quid now.
1: Well, in Liverpool, you, I don't know if it's still going, but, I mean, fairly recently they had a scheme where you could buy a house, one of those houses for a pound right. as long as you guaranteed that you would invest in it and do it up, you know.
0: Right, so, absolutely. I mean,
1: There's a place in Liverpool called Kensington, Uh which obviously, there's a place in London called Kensington, and Liverpool went through a property boom about 15 years ago that lasted about five or six years, and it was the fastest-growing area of property in the mm. country for a while. And right. there were people buying houses in Kensington and Liverpool, which which is a shithole. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if anyone lives in Kensington, but you'll know what I mean. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not Kensington in near Knightsbridge. No. And they were just thought, Kensington, that must be posh. Right. You know, oh, <laughs> we're God. That's yeah. funny. Well, it's funny <laughs> enough, talking
0: about people not moving, there was also the... Um, uh, P- do you know the PJ Clark story from New York? You probably do. Um, yeah. Um, it's that little, uh, fantastically old school bar and restaurant, um, which is on Third Avenue, around about sort of about 50th Street or something like that. Um, yeah. And uh, it's the only low-rise building in the whole section because it's right in the middle of Midtown. And yeah. basically. The reason that, they, that that's the case is that people kept offering them loads and loads of money for the air rights to build above yeah. them, and they just kept saying no. They were like, "No, we're PJ yeah. Clark's. We've been here since it, the last weekend was filmed in there. You know, the Jimmy Stewart movie. Fantastic. Yeah, um, and I they've got the and, and they've got black and white sort of diamond um, uh, uh, floor tiles. You know, they've got waiters walking around with the big white tablecloths around them. They've got black, they've got red and white um, tablecloths in the back, uh, and they do a hamburger, which is you have to be seen to be believed. It's just amazing, right? I had lunch there, funnily enough, with Richard Wallace when he was yeah. over there for uh, for the Mirror. Um, and yeah. we, we spent many a happy time. And he's got the barmen are quite grumpy, but it's just a classic old New York bar. And nobody yeah. has ever managed to get them to sell the air rights. And you
1: know, They've offered them millions for them, and they're like, no, we're not doing it. That's fantastic, because the air rights are what defines a lot of the architecture, isn't it, in yes. New York? It's yeah. why so many of the skyscrapers sort of step back as they go higher. Yes. It's because they, they've got to allow a certain proportion of sunlight to get down onto the, the neighbouring um, the neighboring plots.
0: Yes. Well, a lot of them also, if you look carefully at some of the buildings, they've got fewer windows than you would think they should have. And the reason for that is that, and the reason I know this is because a guy that I was in a golf club with in, in uh, Westchester County, went to jail for it, was... Uh, they used to charge a window tax, you know, like the uh, the, the union um, that was basically in charge of all building work in, in New York, the Teamsters, right, run by the mafia. Um, and this guy that I used to play golf with, funnily enough, uh, one day, and it was one of those clubs where it was, everybody was always up there the same Saturday, and I said to one of these uh, Italian-American guys, I said, where's so-and-so, where his name was? Oh, yeah, he's uh, he's inside. I said, what? Because <laughs> I mean, the thing about yeah. golf clubs in, in America, right, is there's about three kinds of golf clubs. There's the sort of Irish Catholic golf clubs, uh, which are yeah. full of Irish Catholics and Italians. There's the Jewish yeah. clubs, which are probably full of Jewish people. Then there's the Wasp clubs, which are the sort of the, yeah. you know, the Kennedy types, you know, even though they're yeah. Catholic. But, you know, the very, the sort of very posh kind of, um, you know, Ivy what League type. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant,
1: isn't it? White
0: Anglo-Saxon Protestant. yeah. So I was, of course, drawn immediately to the irish uh, the irish one because that's that was where we had the most drink basically um but there was loads of guys in there who were in the mob you know and you knew they were they would greet each other on the first tee with a with a hug and a kiss you yeah. know it was amazing and then this guy came back out of prison he didn't go in for very long but he basically got done for corruption because if you yeah. were trying to put up a building they would say how many windows you're going to have and they charge yeah. literally by the window so it'd be something like 100 window. bucks per window which would run into the millions, and it was a backhander. They could only be paid in cash, you know, couldn't put it through the books, but that was what they did. When this guy came out of jail about a year later, um, and we were all sitting around, and we they had those kind of spotlights in the ceiling in the bar, and we were sitting around this table all having a drink, and they all drink shorts, you know, they're all drinking like vodka, gin, you know, no beer or wine or anything for these guys. And this one, the, the guy who just came out of prison was kind of sitting under one of these lights, and uh, one of the other guys said... Hey, it looks like he's fucking sitting with the FBI again. <laughs> it's like, and they all just fell about laughing. And I was kind of going, this is just too bizarre for words, you know? Uh,
1: God. God, it's strange, isn't it? When you when you get into uh, something that is, you know, a, a little clique of its own with its yeah. own rules. Yeah. I remember being taken to um to a Rangers match in Glasgow, oh, yeah. right, by a friend at the Daily Record, mm. and... And then we went to a bar in, uh, I think it was in Dumbarton Road. Hell in yeah. Glasgow's West End. Yeah. And it was called the Manhattan Bar. Uh-huh. And it was a notorious um, kind of Ulster Defence Regiment right. sort of place. You know, it was like a uh-huh. real hardcore Protestant uh, Catholic-hating mm. place. And I'm obviously Catholic. Right. And... We all had a few beers, and I, because I'm thick and scouse, I just sort of shoot my mouth off and tend to <laughs> disarm, disarm people right. with my blatant honesty. Right. And somebody said, "Are you are you are you a Catholic? Are you a Teague? Did or they whatever, say a Teague? You know, are you a Teague? Hey, you Teag. Yeah. And um, and I must have said yes, and then this guy got very serious very quickly, and said, "I'm going to cut you up, you Fenian f pig." Oh, course. I know. And 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 then for a, mo- a moment, you know, I thought, oh, shit, I'm really in trouble here. But, yeah. And then everyone burst out laughing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> look at the... Well, that uh, could have the... gone either way, though,
0: as Boris Johnson would say, yeah. right? But, I mean, interesting yeah. that, because you remember Alistair McQueen? He used to work for the Mirror. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. a mad Rangers uh, guy and a mad Protestant uh, supporter. And he... Yeah. I once went to um, a cup final, I think, um, between Rangers and Celtic with him and Gordon Hay uh, and a couple of other people... Um, and some of the stuff they were coming out with, I was I was quite shocked. I mean, you know, I have yeah. now since lived having lived up there, I now know the difference. You know, but yeah. I was going, this is really horrible. I mean, you're, I mean, you're, they're actually really bigoted about players and and people yeah. who are playing for
1: Celtic. It was just awful. Oh yeah, no, really, there, there was a fella called Jim Workman who was the news editor of the Daily Record, a mm. little fella, and. So he was my boss when I first started, yeah. and he used to call me Tim all the time, which I didn't know. But is another derogatory. is another one for take, yeah. It's, it's another it's another derogatory term for a uh, Catholic, yeah. And I used to, I, they they must have thought I was a right plank because every time he called me Tim, I'd say, "Oh no, Jim, my name's Matt." Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought he'd forgotten my name. Yeah, until somebody until somebody said. Why do you let him talk to you like that? And but it's then, like, it's, and it's then like anything, like... you know, when you
0: walk into these places uh, and or, um, you know, uh, situations where people think completely differently to you and you kind of go, yes. you just didn't think like that. So it, it didn't occur yeah. to you. You know, it's like when yeah. I used to go to parts of the south of the United States um, when I first moved there and I got my first job in Florida. And I was really excited because I was thinking a little bit of Florida in my life is going to be really cool. And I was going to West Palm Beach, which I knew was this kind of playground of the rich and famous. I thought this is going to be amazing. Um, And I got there and uh, I had to go to Western Union to pick up some money. Where coincidentally, not only can you pick up cash, but they'll also sell you a gun in the same shop. (laughs) Right. And uh, the guy that drives me there, the cab driver, asked him to wait. They didn't have a hire car at the time. asked him to wait outside. Um, And when we were driving back to the hotel... Uh, he said, "You see those tracks over there," and I said, um, "Oh yeah." The, the, he said, "That's what they used to call the other side of the tracks," and then uh-huh. he used he used the n word and he said, "I preferred it when they stayed over there."
1: Oh my god! And I was
0: like, "What?" Yeah. And I just like, I know you've said this to me before that you know when you get into a situation like that you you, you sometimes just want to get out of the cab. but I couldn't because I was like I you didn't know where I was really. Um, yeah, and I just didn't,
1: I the, just didn't say anything,
0: you know. I just was like yeah. so shocked that, it, and this would have yeah. been about 1985 or something like that, wow. that
1: people still thought like that. Wow. Well, I remember Brian Reed, who's a good friend of both yeah. of us, uh, and I worked with in Liverpool for a long time, and uh, and I remember he's got an uncle down in the south who's a clan member, basically, I think. Really? And he and he, saw, and he went to, I can't remember the specifics of it, but he told me about him going to. A, uh, a restaurant with this uncle and something was said and it was like full-on kind of clan talk. And right. Brian go, oh, my God. You know, these people really do exist. Yeah, I know. It's quite frightening, quite bizarre. Incredible.
0: Well, listen, I think Incredible. we've come to the end um, of yet another podcast. Tell
1: me one thing, Mike. What's going what's to happen with the Premier League? I know it's not the biggest concern for anybody but well, it is, is it's right a big, thing well i think it,
0: i think it is a big concern for a lot of people actually i think you're quite right to raise it well i mean i'm not in for this whole idea this ridiculous i think it's a ridiculous idea to play all the matches uh, in these kind of um, confined spaces where all the teams go they don't travel around the country i mean it's sort of you know scientific advice designed by idiots you know because you can't tell me that by playing football you are in some way practicing safe distancing right <laughs> One and no. No. two. I don't understand. I mean, I I go with. Um, I think it was LeBron James in uh, in California who said, "If there's no crowd, I ain't playing." You know, I don't yeah, think. I'm I don't think. He did, yeah. I don't think he. You sh- should play football behind closed doors. I don't want to watch football. There's no crowd
1: action going on. What would be the point? No. I agree. It's very weird, but I mean, if they if they can't finish the season, surely they've got to give the premiership to Liverpool, haven't they?
0: No, absolutely not. No, I can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> if for no other reason that Liverpool fans would be driven insane and it would be hilarious. Now I think I think the best thing they can do is finish the season whenever they can. So whenever they yeah. can get people back into a football stadium, even if it's September, yeah. you know, yeah. why why not just finish this it hasn't got that long to go, right? It was probably only about yeah. six weeks or something. Yeah. But what?
1: then but then there's the next season knock on and anyway,
0: anyway. Yeah, but I think what they could then do, right, is they could say we finish that season, uh, say we start in uh, in August as normal, so by yeah. the say the end of September you're done right start the right. new season six weeks late and take six yeah. weeks off it. And have no—you um,
1: could do without the winter break this time. Right? Yeah, take take yeah. out the
0: winter break. Take make it six. I'll cancel
1: weeks. the league cup or something like that. Yeah, you can cancel. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, there are definitely ways of doing it, but
0: I wouldn't like to see it being played um, with behind closed doors, and I wouldn't like to see right. this idiotic idea of them all playing not even in their own stadiums. You know.
1: No, I agree with that. I agree.
0: But who knows? All right, mate. Listen, good Listen. to talk to you, um, and have a good week, and we'll yeah. see you next week. I couldn't believe it when I saw the stats from I think it was either Friday or Saturday that the police in Devon had stopped something like fifty people towing caravans and turned yeah. them around. I mean, what are these people thinking?
1: I mean, they're not. Well, you know what? They're just stupid. They're not thinking. I mean, there is unfortunately you do plank of the week where you have like the the elite of the plank. Yes. You know the S, the SAS of plankton. <laughs> But... We must but get you on that, by
0: the way. Now that we're doing it on the phone, we can we can put you on,
1: put you on I'd as a guest. To, I'd to, but I'd love to. Yeah, well, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> but but beneath that, there is a, a sort of groundswell of utter thickness out there at large in society, and it's at moments like this mm. when they make themselves felt. Yes.
0: Well, I have to say, um, you know, the number of cyclists that I now see out on a weekend, the number of joggers has it, it has increased exponentially. Um, yeah. And it seems to be busier when the weather's nicer. Now, we, that tells me that these people don't have to do that every single day. But they obviously yeah. look out the
1: window and go, oh, it's a nice day, I'll go for a job. Well, just, just don't. People people don't think it applies to them, do yeah. they? They sort of think, well, generally I agree with that, but you know, what harm can it be to yeah. go for a 10 k run around town?
0: We were all sitting around and we they had those kind of spotlights in the ceiling in the bar, and we were sitting around this table all having a drink. And they all drink shorts, you know, they're all drinking like vodka, gin, you know, no no beer or wine or anything for these guys. And this one, the the guy who just came out of prison was kind of sitting under one of these lights. And uh, one of the other guys said, hey, it looks like he's fucking sitting with the FBI again. (laughs) And they all just fell about laughing. He said in Portugal, because it used to be run by a military hunter not that long ago, you know, if you get told to stay indoors, you don't go out.